listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church Kelowna. For more information about our church, please visit hopekelowna.ca. Well, good morning, Hope Kelowna. It's a great privilege for me to be with you this morning and open God's Word. And uh, we're going to be looking into uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 16. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, you can open them up there. I realize those are pages in your Bible that probably aren't all that well used, but you'll find it. And uh, I'm going to start by uh, giving a word of thanks to you as a church. I am uh, so thankful to you and uh, your pastor and his wife and uh, Melvin and Charlotte are a huge blessing in my life and for Sue, my wife. Uh, But also, as I think about uh, your passion for doing ministry, doing it well, and uh, his desire for church planting, we just rejoice in all that's happening there. And also, uh, you're being watched by other churches in Canada as uh, we watch and see how you're handling all this COVID stuff. Everybody's wrestling with that. And uh, so one week you're trying to be all together in three or four different locations, and another week you're back at home or in small groups meeting, and you're just doing some things that are a great example for other people. So uh, be encouraged, don't give up, and uh, God will be blessed in all of that. And so I'm just thankful to be able to open God's word. I wanna talk about a grateful heart today and being thankful. We have so much to rejoice in and be thankful for what God is doing. Uh, But we wanna take a look at it today through the lens of a song that that David wrote at a very important time in his life. And, but to give you a little bit of the background of uh, this man, the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart, Uh, but he wasn't a perfect man. Uh, He was a man who had some significant failures. He had the uh, adulterous affair with uh, Bathsheba, and then he arranged to have her husband killed. And coming out of that, the ramifications of that was a family disaster for him and that went on the rest of his life. And yet through the midst of all of those things, he's called a man after God's own heart. And so maybe as uh, you're going through the things you're going through right now, you think, well, you know, maybe there's a lot of other people who can use a message on Thanksgiving or being grateful, but I'm not even sure God can use me. Hey, if God can use an adulterous murderer, then God can certainly use you. I love the fact that um, in the Old Testament, in 1 uh, 1 Samuel 13, 14, it says, but now your kingdom shall not continue. These are words that were written Uh, to Saul uh, by Samuel. Uh, The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be the prince over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. And so Saul is being set aside, and and God is looking for a man after his own heart. And uh, all of this happens, though, before some of the major sins in David's life. And so if it ended there, you think, well, yeah, but that was the all before, except in the, in the book of Acts, um, those verses are, are given to us again. In Acts 13, 22, it says, and when he had removed him, he raised up David to be the king of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all of my will. So the setting of our text today is uh, David has gone through all of that time where he was in the wilderness and he was running from Saul and Saul was trying to kill him. And remember he was hiding in caves and all the rest of that. That's now all over. Um, Saul has now died. David is now the king. And right before this text, David uh, takes the Ark of the Ark and he, he moves it back to Jerusalem. So in essence, you have this idea or this sense that, that God's worship is back where it needs 
to be again. And then as we get to that part of the text, then David writes this amazing psalm. He's been anointed the king. The ark is back in Jerusalem and he writes a song. And so we find it in 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, uh, verses 8 to 36. I'm not going to read it all. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dive right into the text and, uh, and just see what we can learn about having a grateful heart from what God taught um, this man, David. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for these dear folks. Thank you for the privilege to open your word and to um, and share it with them. In the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of circumstances, we still have abilities because of what uh, you've allowed us to have through Zoom or through a texting or through a video or through so many ways that we can communicate and, and uh, we can even worship together as the church. And so Lord, I pray that today we would honor you. I pray that you would take your word, challenge our hearts with it. God, use it in ways that we couldn't even imagine of what you would do. So we pray this with thanksgiving that you would you would give us, Lord, um, the ability to hear your word and do it in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I don't want to scare you as we get into this message, but I want to tell you this is a 10-point sermon. And you're like, oh my goodness, we'll be here until Jesus comes back. Well, I guess that's technically possible, but the reality is I want to walk through them quickly. David writes this this song of thanksgiving to God. And there are some principles that are in it that I believe are very helpful for me and I trust very helpful for you. I came upon this passage as I was doing my uh, read through the Bible uh, this year and I was struck by it and I couldn't shake it. And so I've learned some things from it. I don't expect you to necessarily take all 10 of them, but maybe two or three of them, the Lord will help you with in the context of what you're going through David had been through difficult times. He's now in a time of rejoicing. And what does he choose to do? He chooses to be grateful and give thanks to God. So 10 characteristics of a grateful heart. Let's move through them. Here's the first one. A grateful heart gives thanks. You might say, well, thanks, Captain Obvious. That makes sense to me. I know, but are you a thankful person? And when you think about your week, you find your week filled with uh, thanksgiving. In verses 8 and verse 34, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. And then down in verse 34, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. In 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, I believe Thanksgiving is an important thing in our lives because to be thankful means you stop and you look back. You have to remember what's been going on to be thankful. And so when he starts out the verse by saying, oh, give thanks to the Lord, he's recalling all of the things that God has done and all of the ways God had been faithful. And he's just, he can't contain it anymore. So he's like, oh, give thanks to the Lord. But Thanksgiving isn't just for when things are good. Thanksgiving is also for when, when things are, are difficult. I remember a number of years ago, my wife was involved in a motor vehicle accident and she was in the hospital for a month and all the rest of it. I look back at that now and we look back at that now with great thanksgiving because of what God taught us, how he refined us in those days, how he grew our family up. And I'm thankful for that difficult thing. Um, at one point in my life, I thought I might be a hockey player. 
not a really good one, but just a hockey player. And I was playing one time and I went into the end boards and I busted my ankle and screws and plates and all the rest of it. And, and I went through a difficult season of about 13 weeks where I was in recovery, wasn't able to be at work like I wanted to be at and wondering if people were going to mess it all up and all the rest. I look back at that now and I'm so thankful for what God taught me through that. One of the great things he taught me is like, it's not about you, buddy. I can make things happen even when you're set aside. And so now I look back at that and I rejoice in it. And then a heart attack three years ago, the lessons I learned with my broken ankle were helpful to me to let things go and trust the Lord. And so I come to those things now with a, a heart that's filled with thanksgiving. Um, those are those are difficult circumstances and we need to be thankful in them. But our lives are just chock full of, of, of great things that have happened that we should be thankful for. And I would challenge you to remember, even write some things down, rejoicing of what God has done and, and truly uh, being thankful. Sue and I have been uh, serving the Lord in ministry for over 40 years. And uh, we have a lot of things to be thankful for. And so um, having a grateful heart was the pattern of David's song. Uh, it, it needs to be the pattern of your life and my life. So that was the first thing, uh, being thankful. Here's the second thing, call upon his name. Be thankful and call upon his name. That's in verse eight as well. Uh, make, um, excuse me, oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. Where do you go for your hope? Uh, not only where do you go when things are difficult, you find yourself always trying to fix things on your own and I can get it done or, or in the tough times and the tough times that we are even living in right now, are you thankful and are you calling upon the name of the Lord? Or are you like me sometimes and you just double down and if I just try harder and work a little bit smarter, it'll all work out and, and, and God gets left until somewhere down the road when I realize I can't do that. It's like, oh my goodness, why didn't I do this at the beginning? Call upon the Lord. And a, a person with a grateful heart is a person who calls upon the Lord, especially when you don't know what to do, when you don't know where to turn, when you don't know where the next step should be. David said, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. A person with a grateful heart calls on the name of the Lord. Here's the next thing. Um, a person with a grateful heart makes known God's deeds, makes known his deeds. And we're going to talk about what some of those deeds are in just a moment. The focus I want to take here is on his deeds. Make known his deeds. And this is really about humility. This is really about understanding the things that God does and how God's work. That's his working. It's his deeds. In 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6, it says, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now listen, listen to this. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. And uh, so as I was reading that verse, the words, his deeds, just struck me. Because it's a focus on humility. It's a focus on the reality of what is accomplished is accomplished because God is allowing that in my life. God is doing that work in my life. So even in your workplace or with your kids or, or um, uh, in your education, or is that all about you? Or is it about what God is doing? A grateful person is a humble person because they're making known his deeds. 
Here's the next one, and I like this one. Number four, a grateful heart sings to him. A grateful heart sings to him. Uh, verse nine says, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. And verse 23, sing to the Lord all the earth, tell of his salvation from day to day. Um, I love to sing. We have music playing in our house a lot. And I work from home now and, and I'm in ministry, so it's appropriate for me to be playing spiritual songs and all the rest. But but we we love music in our home. But I love to sing. As a matter of fact, I used to have an admin at one point in, in my history of, of ministry. And when every day or few times a week, she would come by my office and she would hum a tune or sing a little song. And her goal was, can I get Paul singing that song for the rest of the day? Because um, she knew that I loved to sing. And uh, well, in our worship, in our gratitude, we need to be people who uh, fill our minds, fill our homes, fill our hearts with singing. You're like, well, I can't sing. I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Don't worry about it. Get by yourself and, and sing to the Lord. Um, now, David was a musician. I'm sure he was a good singer. And so you might feel, oh, I don't really need to do that. You know, the Bible says, sing to the Lord a new song. And so a person who's grateful finds themselves singing. When I'm struggling with something, when I'm under a lot of pressure, the singing tends to go away. But when I'm focused on the Lord and what he's doing, the singing team seems to raise itself up. And so um, as David was writing his um, song of thanks, he puts right in the middle of it, sing, sing to him, sing to the Lord. And, and the, and the, purpose of this was singing to him. It wasn't horizontal. It was vertical. It was, it was singing to God, ascribing to him. We'll see that later, but who God is and what God has done. And so as a heart, a grateful heart, we need to people who sing to him. Here's, here's number five. I told you we would move through these quickly. Um, it says, tell of all his, his wondrous works and his salvation. So not only are we to sing, but now there's a telling part. Again, verses 9 and verse 23, sing unto him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. In verse 23, sing to the Lord all the earth, tell of his salvation from day to day. A few minutes ago, we, we focused on the reality of his deeds and the humility that needs to go with understanding who God is and how he works. Now it's like all of those things God is doing, all of those ways God is working, tell of his wondrous works. Tell of his wondrous works. So, hey, here's the question for you. When people think about you, do they think about what God has accomplished in your life? Or are they stuck on, yeah, you know, that guy's self-made. He got those things done. He accomplished those things. Do you ever tell your story in the context of how amazing God is and of his wondrous works? And it says, and tell of his salvation. David's salvation in this story would have been about the way he had been protected by Saul and taken care of and, and how God had redeemed all of that and made him the king. And so there would be that part of his salvation. But David also saw in his salvation what God was doing, how God was working. Um, when I think about my own salvation in Jesus Christ, the, the, the application here is obvious. As you consider who God is and are grateful for all he has done, it says, tell of his wondrous works and, and tell of his salvation. Um, I think about the work that Jesus Christ did saving me as an eight-year-old boy, coming to the place of understanding that I was a sinner and I needed a savior. 
and in my simplicity at eight years old, trusting Jesus Christ as my Savior. Um, do people know that story? Am I telling that story? Or, or when people think about me, do they just go, no, he's doing okay, he's a good guy, and um, tell of his wondrous works, tell of his salvation. Uh, we have the greatest gift ever given, and it is a huge secret in our world that needs to be known that Jesus Christ is the answer. He is the only hope. And, and, and no one seeks after God. No one wants God. There's none righteous, not even one. No one seeks after God. The wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. God demonstrated his love toward us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You don't earn that. You don't deserve it. God does that work. And what a rejoicing it is and what a hope it is. And we have this news we need to tell. And so as David is coming with his grateful heart, he can't keep it in. He's like, tell of his wondrous works, tell of his salvation. Are you a grateful person? Are you grateful for the working of God in your life? Are you telling of the salvation that God has done in your life and the hope that you now have in Jesus Christ? Um, that's number five. That's number five. Here's number six. He says, declare his glory and glory in his name. Look at, uh, at verse 10. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. And down in verse 24, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all of the people. Declare his glory. Declare his holy name. Think about the character of God and tell others about the character of God. Think about his, the illustration we could use today. There's so many different ways you could do this. You could do a whole sermon series on these things, but, but think about the attributes of God. Just a few of them. Think about the fact that God is omniscient. He knows. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows it all. There's no surprises for him. God is no omnipotent. That means whatever can be done, God can do. Some people like to say, well, can God make a rock so big that he cannot lift it? You know what? When you ask a stupid question, you get a stupid answer. But the reality is God is omnipotent. And if it can be done, God can do it. God's omniscient. God is omnipotent. Um, God is omnipresent. Um, the forces of evil aren't omnipresent. But God is here as I'm recording this. God is with you wherever you're watching this. Um, and, and, and God has that capacity because of who he is and he transcends everything else. And then, and then I think about the reality that God is, is love. God is love. We, we didn't seek after him and yet he still loved us and sent his son Jesus Christ to die for us. And when I mess up as a child of God, his love doesn't end. He doesn't walk away. God still hangs in there with me and he's ready to bring me back as a son into a right relationship because that's the character of God. And, and so, so David in the song says, declare his glory, glory in his name. Um, one other thing is we think about is God's holiness and how he is apart from us and different from us and separate from us. And, and yet in his holiness, he still reaches down and he reaches to us and he, he loves us, especially through the work of, of Jesus Christ. That was number six. Here's, here's number seven. Seek the Lord. Seek his strength. Seek his presence. Um, back over in the text in uh, verse 11, it says this. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence 
continually. There's an activeness in this. It's not something that's passive in our life. If, if I'm a person with a grateful heart, he says, seek, seek, seek the Lord. Seek his presence. Be active about it. Um, the reality is to live my life for the glory of God. I can't do it on my own. I can't. I'm not able. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fall. I try too hard sometimes. And it's like, no, no, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Seek his strength. You know, one of the little things I do in my life, and I'm actually working on another message from Psalm 81, where it starts out, it talks about um, God and his strength. I, I used to pray, Lord, would you give me strength to do this? Would you give me strength? And that's not wrong. There's lots of places in the Bible uh, where you pray like that. But there's also places in the Bible where it talks about um, asking for his strength that he would give you his strength. Not he would give you strength, but you would have his strength. That's important for me because when I do that, then I find myself giving the glory to God because it wasn't about what I did. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek the Lord and his presence. When you're at work and you're in a tough setting and you don't know what to do, do you just muscle through it or do you spend time on your face before God, seeking the Lord, seeking his presence, seeking his face? When one of your kids goes sideways, do you seek the Lord or do you just try and discipline them into a better place? Discipline's important and it's part of our role as parents. But, but what about the putting God first in this and asking him for what you need uh, for that particular uh, situation? What about the situation of your own heart? Uh, seek the Lord. Seek his presence. Seek his strength. What about with that person that you're having a hard time forgiving? What about that person God's, um, God's put on your heart to let some things go and you won't let it go and pride and bitterness kind of, they, they just kind of bubble up inside of you and no, no, you can't do it on your own. You need to seek the Lord. And so David, in the midst of this song of gratitude and song of great hope, he cries out, seek the Lord, seek his strength, seek his presence. That was number seven. Hey, let's look at number eight. Um, number eight is uh, remember, remember. I told you before, to be thankful, you have to remember. You can't, you can't make a list of things you're thankful for without remembering. And so if you take a look at verses uh, 12 and uh, 22, and verse 12, it says, remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments that he uttered. Down in verse um, uh, 22, um, sorry, not, not 22, uh, verse 15, remember his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations. And so he talks about two things there. He says, remember, remember, stop and take stock of his wondrous works in your life. I, I talked to you about the accident my wife was in. I, I talked to you about the uh, the accident, the hockey accident I had and and how God has healed us in those things and given us strength to move forward. I, I remember, remember. I, I think about uh, my two kids. I have two kids who love the Lord, who married two kids who love the Lord. We have six grandchildren, two of them that we know have put their trust in Christ. We're praying for the other four. But those are just memories of God's working and his wondrous working. And some of them are difficult things and some of them are amazing things. And so remember not only his works, but in verse 15, remember his covenant, remember his promises. Remember that God promises, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He says, remember. You know, when I'm with my grandchildren, I like to uh, take out my phone and open it to the pictures part. 
And they like to sit down and go, Papa, show us the pictures, show us the pictures, and flip back through all kinds of different things and the memories and pictures of them when they were little babies and pictures of them when we were away doing something and all the rest remember. It's good to remember because then when you go to go through the difficult thing, you have a foundation of what God has done and how he has worked and how he's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. And so if we're going to be people with a grateful heart, those are people who remember. Here's number nine. If we're going to be people with a thankful heart, we need to ascribe to the Lord. Ascribe to the Lord. Um, it says in verses 28 and 29, ascribe to the Lord, O families of peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name, bring an offering and come before him, worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Um, that idea of ascribe to the Lord means um, to give credit to God, give credit to God, um, see what God has done and give him the credit. You say, well, that sounds a little bit like the other stuff. Yeah, it does. And it's interesting to me that David breaks them apart. And here he says, ascribe to the Lord, ascribe to the Lord, ascribe to the Lord. And, uh, you know, when I'm honest, and I like to think I'm honest all the time, but none of us are perfect at it. But if I'm honest, I so often get caught up in the to-dos of today that I lose the passion to ascribe to the Lord. God help us to be people who see him working and focusing on him. And maybe that's the word you needed to hear today. I need to get off of my look what I've done plan and I need to get onto the ascribe to the Lord. Give him the credit and stop taking the credit for how you've been self-made and what you've accomplished and realize every good thing you have comes from the Lord. Ascribe to the Lord. Now here's number 10, worship the Lord. Uh, verse 29, the last part says, worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. And then it goes on, it says, tremble before him, all the earth. Yes, the world is established and it shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice and let them say among the, among the nations, the Lord reigns, the Lord reigns. So he says, worship the Lord. If you remember back in Isaiah chapter six, I, um, Isaiah has a vision of the Lord and he says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. When we, when we ascribe to God who he is, when we look to God for what he has done, when we see in his attributes, we realize how awesome he is and how undeserving we are. That The next verse right after that says, tremble before him, tremble before him, all the earth. I don't think this means to fear God, like I might not measure up, I might not. You don't measure up. The only reason you can even think about measuring up is because of what Christ has accomplished on your behalf. And so this idea of tremble is because you're before Almighty God. And it's like, oh my goodness, how do I even get there? How do I even have that access? And so come to him with humility, come to him with a trembling heart, knowing that he loves you and he cares for you. And people who have a grateful heart are people who worship the Lord. And in verse 31, he finishes it with his words and, and let them say among the nation, the Lord reigns, the Lord reigns. Uh, this is something to be excited about, something to be uh, positive about. I, I preached this message in Perry Sound, Ontario last week. And as I was preaching it there, the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs had come back for a win. That ended badly. Um, but 
I'm assuming in Kelowna, there's a whole bunch of you who are cheering for the Vancouver Canucks and uh, hoping that they're going to win their series. And when they score a goal, you don't sit on your hands. When, when they make a great play, you don't quietly watch and just go, oh, that was interesting. No, no, you're up on your feet and you're screaming and you're shouting and you're, do we feel like that about the Lord? Do we get that excited about who God is and ascribe to him and cry out to him and shout out to him, the Lord reigns, the Lord reigns. See, people with a grateful heart have a right, heart, have a right focus on who God is and they want to shout for him. The Lord reigns. Um, and then David comes to the end of his song. And uh, just this is really the results of a grateful heart. This is kind of like, what's the so what in your life? People who are filled with gratitude, people who have a grateful heart. The results of a grateful heart is overflowing joy. Now look at these two verses, 35 and 36. Say also, save us, O God, of our salvation and gather and deliver us from among the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then look at this. And then all the people said, amen. Praise the Lord. Now you've heard people say that. If you've been in church any time, you've heard people say, and all the people said, and all the people said, I had forgotten that was even in scripture until I was going through this text. And it's like, then all the people said, amen, or so be it, or we agree, and we are on this page, and praise the Lord. Hey, Hope, God help us to be people with grateful hearts. God help us to be thankful people, rejoicing people, focused our eyes on Jesus Christ. Will you do it perfectly? No, you won't do it perfectly. I don't do it perfectly either. But every day, a little bit more, focused on our awesome God, and what he has done, what he's accomplished for us in Jesus Christ, what he did in the life of David. Let us get our eyes on those things and be thankful in all circumstances because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the clarity of this song in David's life. I pray, Lord, that we would take just two or three of the nuggets from that and start to practice those in our lives. If, if we've become embittered or hard or, or we've got the focus on ourselves and not on you, Lord, uh, teach us to get our eyes right, our focus on Jesus Christ, to be people with thankful hearts for the praise of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray these things in his name. Amen.